Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we amplify the voices of women whose stories are meaningful. Then we share them with the world. Today's guest is Belle Walker. Belle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me today. I am delighted to be here. You bet. You came highly recommended by a mutual friend of ours, Susan Schwartz. Let's give her a shout out. Thanks, Susan. It was great having her on the show as well last year. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Bill? Uh, delighted to. So I like to describe myself as an organizational efficiency engineer. Uh, I take my clients from friction to function. And what that means practically is that I am passionate about the systems and structures that bind the people in a, in a team and a company and an organization together and either lift them up to help them achieve the overall uh, strategy and goals or block them and prevent them and distract them from those ends. Yikes. So uh, you're much needed in almost every organization. I can imagine, um, you know, workflow, team dynamics, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I've noticed that there, uh, there are many situations where the challenges are really directly interpersonal or one individual needs to grow and learn and develop. And, uh, and there are fabulous coaches who are there to assist those teams, those individuals. Um, but I've also seen a surprising number of situations where tension and challenges are much more structural in nature. And so my passion really comes from uh, making as many of these systems and structures invisible as possible because you're not fighting them anymore. They're just there when you need them, helping you get where you and your team need to go. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you see the things that aren't easily seen. I, I try to. Um, I also come at this from a, a very different angle than a lot of people. So there's some or, uh, overlap with organizational design, organizational development, which is a uh, very well-established field of uh, study and practice. But my academic background is actually from the engineering side. Interesting. Yeah. I'm fascinated by people like you. <laughs> well, I... I studied mechanical engineering undergrad, and then my very first job out of school was designing, building, and leading a team, uh, an operation. Wow. That's and awesome. I, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I realized that a lot of the engineering principles for building a mechanical structure, like a, a bridge, uh, actually applied really well to the team. And then I learned about this horrible thing called scientific management, which assumes that people are interchangeable cogs and machines. Huh. Uh, and I had a moment of like, oh no, have I totally misunderstood, you know, is, is all of my theory of engineering being valuable in this human world wrong? And then I stopped and thought about it and said, well, cogs are not interchangeable cogs in a machine. You can't take a watch and swap a couple cogs around and expect it to function. Right. I don't, like being, I don't like being considered a cog anyway. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's a nonsense approach. And so, um, so I, that gave me a little more confidence to look back and say, no, what I'm talking about is really a clear problem definition, which is fundamental to the engineering problem solving process, but then really getting to know what are your constraints? What are your resources? What, what are you working with? And that means getting to know people how they work, where their strengths are, where their motivations and inclinations are, 
and using that to help design uh, these systems and processes and structures. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. I have a tendency to gravitate toward people like you. I'm not sure why. I have no engineering mind at all. Um, but the people who have that engineering mind, plus they couple it with the, you know, uh, human element, like what's important to that person? What is the problem? How can we prevent it or solve it? Um, you know, assessing their needs before we take the first step. I really get along well with those types of people. And you seem to be that type of person. Uh, let me ask you, what is your proudest professional accomplishment? Oh, I was thinking about this recently and, um, so part of where I struggle here is that I am a very firm believer that when a team succeeds, that is the team's success, right? It's, that's not on the leader or the manager because I have yet to see anything worth really working hard on where one person can make the difference to guarantee success. And so for me individually, um, on a professional front, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of the way that I have uh, structured my organizations. I'm proud of the support I've brought to other teams and the, you know, the work I've done to take chaos and make it uh, a system of support for other individuals. Um, but it's difficult for me to point to a specific accomplishment because I don't think there's anything sort of that specific I can say is mine. Well, that's a wonderful answer. And even if there were, you're probably not done yet. So, well, yes. <laughs> yeah, but that's a great answer. That's, you know, very, um, I mean, I think it's true. No, it, it takes a village, right? So no one person does it all on his or her own. Uh, have you had a mentor, perhaps, or someone who inspired you? Yeah, um, I, I've been fortunate to have a, a couple of fabulous mentors. Um, you know, one, one in particular who really inspired me uh, is a woman named Iris Fujira, who spent her career in the aerospace industry. Uh, and she, she progressed through a series of leadership levels. We were matched up uh, back when I was an undergraduate. Um, through, you know, and uh, sort of automated website program paired us together, um, although we're still still quite close. Uh, and she set such a wonderful precedent for breaking through barriers for showing strong leadership, um, while finding that balance in caring for her team, right, nice. and showing that she could care while holding people to a very high standard. And that was that was deeply motivational for me. That's often a fine line. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's nice, that's nice. So leading by example, encouraging you to be your highest and best while still collaborating with others uh, as a team. That's great, that's really great. Um, well, you know, the work that I do at Freeman Means Business is all about lifting other women. How can we support other women in business even in our day to day? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it comes down to remembering that the, you know, the abundance mentality, right? Oh, that there, that. Yeah, that there is, there's room for everyone and the bigger we can make the pie, the more we're all going to succeed. Um, and so, you know, whether there's opportunities, large or small, making sure that you find ways to, to bring in other women, to uplift them, um, you know, 
some, you know, I, in terms of very specific details, I think it's, it's hard to be prescriptive on that front. For me, it yeah. really is much more the mentality of maintaining that awareness and having a, a clear and ongoing intention to ensure that you find ways, small ways every day to lift up other women, because I firmly believe that those small efforts will add up to a much bigger cumulative effect than uh, most of us. Yes, some women do absolutely fabulous work like, like you do, right? Where you have this structural platform, you're able to bring many women to the forefront um, and thank goodness for women like you. Aw, that's super sweet. I love what you said about um, it starts with the mindset. It, it definitely does. It doesn't have to be some grand plan. It can be a small difference you make every day. And if every one of us does that, um, I find the secure women who are willing to help other women do well, uh, we change the world. Um, so thank you for saying that. That's that's a very, it, it reminds us the power of our thoughts, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you, have you had a challenge or setback that you're willing to share with us about and how did you overcome it? Oh, I've had plenty of challenges and, and setbacks. Um, yeah, so, so both, both personally and professionally, um, you know, I've, I've faced, I think, some of the, the typical business challenges, right? I've had colleagues where we really, really, really did not get along um, and to the point where it was impacting our teams and the overall success of our organization um, and the particular challenge in that case I'm thinking about, we really had to make a conscious effort, um, both my colleague and I, to reset and assume best intentions. That's and great. Um, hang on, say that again. That's great advice. We reset and we assumed best intentions. I think people fail to do that so often and projection sneaks in and you know, insecurity and fear. Uh, so reset and assume good intentions or positive intentions. That's well, and I, I don't necessarily want to make it sound like it was purely altruistic to be completely transparent. I went into that, you know, we, we agreed we would do this for a couple of weeks and I went in thinking, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to prove that I can assume best intentions for multiple weeks. And then uh, I'm pretty sure my colleague is not going to be able to do that. And then he's going to complain about me and then I'm going to win. <laughs> not exactly the, the true meaning behind that phrase. No, yeah, but, yeah. but it still worked. Really? It, yep. It didn't matter why I was committed to assuming best intentions. What mattered was that I made that commitment and I stuck it out. And after two or three weeks of assuming best intentions, on both sides, we we had pretty much made that step forward. We were able to work much more closely and effectively together. And isn't forward. some of that the, um, what is it called? The uh, forming, storming, norming, performing? Yep. Yeah. Have you read, it sounds like you have, but I don't know. Have you read The Four Agreements? Oh, I have not read that one. Oh, you love that book. One of the agreements is always assume good intent or positive intentions. So 
um, you would love that big, big book recommendation right there. Awesome. Um, I will check that out. Yeah. Well, you have been nothing but surprising to me because I did not know you before. And you're fascinating to me. The fact that you are an engineer, but you still have so much of that human essence, if you will, about your work and bring that to the table when you do your work. Why don't you tell us something surprising about you that maybe people who know you don't even know? Uh, well, so something that, that people who knew me when I was younger know, but has sort of fallen out of sight over the last couple of years is the fact that I, uh, through much of high school and all of college, uh, really, really wanted to be an astronaut. Oh, wow. Oh, I love that. That's incredible. Can you tell me why? Yeah, um, well, I, I, let me start by telling you why I wanted to and then why I actually think it was uh, a fabulous goal <laughs> for me, which is slightly different. I, I wanted to be an astronaut because I wanted to go into space and hang out in zero G. It's not really much more complicated than that. That sounds fun. <laughs> um, but I, I also realized, um, you know, looking at this in high school, especially when I was picking colleges, the world seemed scary. And I, you know, trying to lock into something too early was very intimidating. Yeah. And when I looked at the criteria for the astronaut corps, I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but when I was in high school, the youngest person they had ever accepted was 28. That's very and when you're cool. 18, that's forever away. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And what they're looking for is a, a very um, broad and interesting background basically they want you to have passions to have pursued them to have you know education and personal interests and uh it's basically the the full life version of what they tell you in high school to, to get into a good college um you know to pursue many things and i thought that was great it's like great i so now i this is my justification to do the things i care most about is that will get me to be an astronaut <laughs> That is so interesting. I've never had a guest say that. Um, you know, it's sort of like the man behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz. No one understands astronauts or the program. We're so fascinated. It's so distant. We can never be, no one can relate. So it's very mm -hmm. fascinating to have a guest on who took such an interest, you know, and that was something you wanted to do and someone you wanted to be that you studied all that. That's, in, that's incredible. Amazing. Well, now is the time in my show where I've started this thing called the wild card question. You, you didn't know about it. And I, I don't know the question and you don't know the question, but I always offer the guests the opportunity to decline. Um, so if you're not game, we won't ask it. But if you are, I'll pull a question out of a box of 144 questions and we'll see what comes out. Uh, you've piqued my curiosity. I, I couldn't say no now. I love that. I love that. See, you're totally courageous. So let me get my little trusty box of questions. They're, um, they're all meaningful. Some are deeper than others and more challenging than others. I guess it depends on the guest. Um, but I'm just going to pull a question out of the box. Looking forward to seeing what we're going to get today. This question says, uh, do you believe people are born with a unique personality or is this personality shaped by circumstances? Ooh, um, I, I hate to do this, but I have to do the thing where I say both. Um, but I will, <laughs> I would I will do that provide slightly more detail than just that. <laughs> well, tell me more about that answer. 
Um, I, I do believe that there are some inherent traits that will shape our personalities. Um, but we understand ourselves and when we talk about personality, I believe that there's, there's two pieces to it. There's what happens inside your head and then there's what crosses the barrier of communication, right? Whether that's facial expressions, actions, words, uh, there, there is often a difference between purely what's inside your mind and, and what comes out. And so while what happens inside your mind plausibly could be uh, shaped you know, by genetic or, or other um, sort of material factors, what comes out then bounces back at you from the yes. rest of the world. And how that bounces back begins a feedback loop that is inevitably going to shape personality and decisions and what we continue to express and allow to cross that barrier. I agree 100%. Um, I teach, um, you know, you can't change your personality, but you can change your communication, right? So mm -hmm. basically what you said, um, and I agree wholeheartedly. Have you ever taken the um, Myers-Briggs? I have. What are you, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, I believe I am ENFJ. So guess who else is ENFJ and how rare we are? Are you? I am. Excellent. <laughs> I think we're like 2% of the population. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you've ever thought that you were, you know, normal or common and others are like, wow, you're so unique. You're so outgoing. You're so, you know, and you're like, why is that even comment worthy? It's because you're not normal or common. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, oh, I can nice go on for days on that. If you're ever interested, we should have a conversation about that. Well, you're fascinating. And I think that the way you articulate who you are and uh, your background, how your mind works and the way you communicate all of that is really terrific. You're someone I would love to connect with uh, at a later time after the show's over. And I would love to keep in touch with you. So what about others? If they want to reach you, how can they do that? Well, I would definitely love to stay in touch with you, uh, and I am delighted to, to meet your listeners, uh, and they can reach me uh, either through my website or LinkedIn. Um, and so on my website, uh, that's bellevueconsulting.com, and I imagine that'll be in the show notes, and so don't need to yes. spell it out. <laughs> um, and LinkedIn as well, I'm uh, Bell K. Walker, uh, if, you're, if you're looking to find me. Very nice. And folks, as you know, I'll put her contact info in the blog, which will be available on my website and on LinkedIn in about a week and a half. Um, I work up the blog and put the podcast into the blog. And then I thought I was the first person to ever come up with this phrase, blog cast, but I'm wrong. <laughs> Apparently others have used that phrase before, but that's what we call them, blog casts. And Bell Walker, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much for being here today. This has been absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to staying in touch. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.